Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Barebones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission, what I stand for is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and effectively so that you can help your students learn and as a result grow your impact and connection this mission reflects the core ways of being that i work to develop in teachers confidence clarity purpose impact and connection through my mentorship program and my online learning program called your yoga anatomy blueprint I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, but almost more importantly, help them learn how to move beyond their self-limiting beliefs so that they can be strong, confident, and clear when they teach. I know from experience that personal barriers are just as important to address as learning anatomy for teachers. I also recognize that the current system of training teachers is leaving them with a gap, both in their anatomy knowledge and areas of personal growth. I hear more times than not, I graduated from my teacher training, but I'm too afraid to teach. My mission is to help you move past the fear, embrace your true nature, teach you the key aspects of anatomy so you're armed with what you need to know to be an effective teacher and coach you along the way. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information on my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. All right. Hi, everybody. This is Karen Fabian. I am the founder of Bare Bones Yoga, and this is my podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. So I am here on Thursday, March 19th with a special episode uh, for you today. This is actually going to be the first in a series of episodes that I am recording during a time that we are all living through uh, known as the coronavirus pandemic. And I don't want to spend too, too much time kind of diving into what's happening. I know if you're listening, you're living it too. It's the thing that's binding us all right now, even though of course we are social distancing at the same time. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. You need to know though that the inspiration or that was what we are going through is the inspiration for this episode and my interest in bringing you content that really is gonna meet you uh, where you're at right now. Uh, Of course, the major topic that we talk about here on the podcast is yoga teacher development, yoga anatomy, increasing your impact as a teacher. However, you know, there's obviously other things that are you know, kind of at the forefront of your mind right now. And so I made a list the other day. And one of the things I was thinking of in terms of needs that you might be having is all around nutrition and just a whole bunch of different themes that come out when you think about nutrition, not only in general, but some of the unique challenges that I know I am definitely facing (laughs) that I bet you are facing too because of what's happening with coronavirus and how it has completely upended our schedules and our eating patterns and our access to food, healthy food, and on and on and on. So I have brought on an expert to talk with us, someone that I know, someone who has 
worked with me before. I have had her on when I had a, a health and wellness television show. She came on, I interviewed her. I've been connected with her for a while on social media and she's the perfect person to break it all down for us in simple and understandable terms. So I wanna introduce you to Lainey Yalkin. Hi, Lainey. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Lainey and I are both here in the Boston area, so we can kind of relate to being in a similar vibe in terms of the geography of how this is impacting us here in Boston. So I want to start out by, number one, of course, thanking you because Lainey on very short notice agreed to be on. And I want to start out with having you just give us a blurb about who you are, what you do, who do you help? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. So my name is Lainey Yunkin. I'm Boston-based registered dietitian and nutrition communication specialist, which just means I also do some media and freelance writing work, um, as well as some, as some corporate wellness throughout the city. But my niche is really that I have an in-person and virtual private practice, and my goal is to help women and a few good men get out of the dieting mentality and lose weight in a way that's healthy by setting up healthy habits that you can maintain for the long term um, without killing yourself at the gym, restricting food, stress eating, et cetera. So just making food easy, um, but also still getting you results. Great, great. Now I want to make sure before I forget, can you tell people your Instagram handle? Because I was just telling her, her Instagram is like so inspiring to me. I want to make sure all of you have a chance to connect with her. So what, what's your Instagram? Again? Yes, of course. Thank you. It's my name, Lainey Yunkin. So maybe if you have show notes or something, you can spell yeah. it out there, but it's L-A-I-N-E-Y-Y-O-U-N-K-I-N. Perfect. Okay. And I absolutely put that in the show notes as well as link up once we post this episode live. So I'm just kind of taking a deep breath here. There's so many different things when I was writing out the questions this morning I could think about. But one of the first things um, that I wanted to talk about is this theme out there that you know people are grocery shopping more than ever before, given the restaurants are closed, the fast food places are closed, everything is closed. Of course, they're doing takeout, but some people might not want to take advantage of that for whatever reason. So if you're not a big grocery shopper and you tend to eat out a lot, even if it's not restaurant sit-down stuff, but just like fast food type stuff, what kinds of staples should you have in the house? Good question. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about what I talked about on your show so long ago. That was so many years <laughs> ago, but it's like still the same framework that I give people today, which is when you're thinking about building a healthy plate, think about making half your plate vegetables, a quarter of it healthy protein, and a quarter of it whole grains. And so what this is going to mean now is you may not have as much access to fresh produce. If you can, yeah. certainly stock up on that. The more color, the more variety, the better. But frozen is just, is just as good as fresh. So yeah. any frozen fruits or vegetables are going to help you. Um, and then in terms of protein, though, I was thinking about how this is such a good time to eat more plant-based and more plant-forward because I think it's hard to come by meats because you're not grocery shopping as much as normal. Right. So really stocking up on like beans, whole grains like quinoa, barley, bulgur, a lot of those are high in protein. Um, the bean-based pastas that are out there, chickpea pastas, whole wheat pasta, um, yogurt, cottage cheese, eggs, other, other protein sources that aren't meat necessarily that you can fill in that quarter of your plate. Got it. Okay, great. And I like what you mentioned about the frozen because you know, my fear if I do more grocery shopping, which I have been more than ever before in the past week, is that now I have this mad panic to like eat all the vegetables that I have. But if I buy more frozen, obviously I don't have that problem. Yeah. Or canned. So think about things like normally we're like, oh, canned vegetables have more sodium in them. They do, but you can rinse that off. I also think about things like canned and jarred artichokes, super oh. easy vegetable that you can just drain and put on the stove and saute it. Um, 
stuff like that. Just think outside the box, go scan the aisle, the canned aisle of vegetables that you might not normally scan because you can eat those too. Got it. Okay. That's great. Um, now I've seen a number of posts referring to like this food as medicine, which I think can strike people as a strategy right now, giving given that they're afraid that they're going to get sick. So what kinds of foods do you suggest fall into this category and what about them makes them medicinal? I mean, I always think of things like basil and oregano and turmeric is kind of like all the rage these days. What do you think? Yeah. So the more color and the more variety you can get, the better. So we know every different color of fruits and vegetables has different antioxidants. So, you know, the, the orange ones, sweet potatoes have a lot of vitamin A and our citrus has a lot of vitamin C and, and even like white vegetables, onions, uh, garlic, cauliflower, they all have different profiles of antioxidants that are really powerful in the body. So I would load up on those, but that's no different than the advice I would give if this wasn't going on. I would tell you to still load up on all those things. Um, Eastern medicine, herbal medicine is not my area of expertise. So I, I, I'm not going to speak to that. Um, but I think just loading up with lots of colorful fruits and vegetables, healthy proteins and anti-inflammatory foods. So things like, um, yes, like turmeric, but also omega-3s, healthy fats like salmon, albacore, tuna, and then on the plant side of that, walnuts, chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, those all have omega-3s in there. And we do know those are anti-inflammatory in our body as well. Oh, great. Now, um, I was just thinking too, randomly, do you think people should be taking a multivitamin for any particular reason now more than before? The research has gone back and forth on that. I think right now with the current like pandemic we're in, we just don't know <laughs> because yeah. it's, you know, we don't know like what, you know, if taking a multivitamin or eating extra vitamin C and like boosting our immune system like that is going to help. I don't think it's going to hurt. So yeah. I think if you want to take a multivitamin now to cover because you may not be eating as many fruits and vegetables as normal, totally fine. Right. Right. Okay. Now I saw this really hilarious thing. I think Ellen DeGeneres posted it on her Instagram and it was this like mashup of Brad Pitt in a whole bunch of movies eating and the headline was like I think I've already eaten through all my quarantine groceries <laughs> because I mean this is like the most food I've had in my apartment in Boston ever and I don't want to imply that I have like a massive amount of food but I mean considering I usually have like three things in my refrigerator because I'm eating on the go this mm -hmm. is a lot so you know I would imagine people are afraid they're going to overeat they are overeating they're eating at different times you know what about I know some of your posts talk about eating mindfully mm -hmm. what are some themes that come up you know maybe even from your clients right now because yeah. everything's upended I just got off of a client call talking about this. So it's fresh on my mind. And, and yes, I'm posting about it because lots of people are asking me about that. Um, I think the number one advice I give people is, you know, it's not about willpower. It's about your environment. And so use that to your advantage right now, because before everybody was complaining to me about all the office snacks and all the snacks at their work and it's everywhere. Well, guess what? It's not everywhere now because you're working at home. Not, not, I know not everybody is, but if you are, um, you have control over your environment. So you can only eat what you have around. So don't buy all those snacky foods that are, you know, triggering to you if you think you're gonna eat the whole thing in one sitting. On the flip side, people were responding to me when I asked about stress eating, that that's very much a comfort thing. And that's okay too. I think, let, let that happen then. Like if it's comforting for you to have a glass of wine, eat a brownie, eat chips, fine, eat it, but then, you know, accept that you did it, you decided to do it, it tasted good and move on. I think the damage is that we sit in the like guilt and shame around like doing something we think we shouldn't have done. And that's what's so harmful about it. Instead of just portioning it out, sitting down, 
eating it and moving on from that. Um, and more practically with the portioning out, the advice I gave my client was schedule meal times. It doesn't have to be the same time every day, but having like intervals, like every three to four hours that you eat. So whether that's like, you know, 5 a.m., 9 a.m., 1 p.m., or it's 10 a.m., 2 p.m., 5 p.m., have a breakfast in the morning because if you get protein, healthy fat, and fiber in your morning meal, that's going to curb cravings later in the day. So that will at least work to your advantage and help you not, you know, have these carb cravings later on. Yep. And then from there, if you want a snack, I don't like to set a lot of rules around food, but I think this one can be helpful, which is there is no snacking, like standing in the pantry or at the counter, right. go get a bowl or a plate and put your snack on there and sit down at your table and eat it as if you were eating like a meal. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I really like what you said about the, if you do kind of indulge to not beat yourself up over it. I know, I think I even emailed you about this one time. I have this like weird pattern where I'm super good during the week mm -hmm. and I can't even really classify it like that, but I eat really healthy. And then when I hang out with my boyfriend on the weekend, you know, sometimes I just kind of eat like a pizza or whatever, but you mm -hmm. know, whatever it is, a couple glasses of wine. And then I'll wake up on Sunday morning and I'll feel this guilt over Friday night's meal and Saturday night's meal. And I really like that idea of just enjoying it and just moving on. Yeah, I, this is my favorite thing to do, which is get people out of the all or nothing mentality, um, which really comes from like the diet culture. Yes, yeah, so of like, you know, we're 100% and then we like go off the rails. Just be 80-20 all the time, Sunday through Saturday, 80% of the time trying to make your plate, like I mentioned earlier, and 20% of the time having the wine, having the dessert, enjoying it and moving on at the next meal, not saying like, screw the whole weekend. You know, yes, there are some weekends we just indulge the whole weekend, but for the most part, make small changes, like still get veggies in when you can. Right. Right. No, I like that. It's very, um, like compassion based, which is kind of nice because I think, like you say, a lot of the diet culture is, you know, kind of lacking in that compassion aspect. I think it's getting better, but um, yeah. certainly it, it kind of historically has been very rigid and that tends to not be super compassionate when you're looking at, you know, just eating behaviors. Right. Because restriction also sets you up to just binge and overeat. Right. So if we're like restricting all day long, of course we're just right. going to go overeat. Right. Right. Now I know like, um, we had talked about the beginning before we hopped on live. I know you have two children and some of my listeners have children. Are there ways, I, I can't even imagine, I don't have kids, how upended their schedules must be. Can, can you use as a parent mealtime as a way to try to create some structure for them? Yeah, I think this is where it's almost easier if you do have kids because they have to eat breakfast, snack, lunch, and snack, and dinner too. And if they're young, they're going to remind you of that. Like, I'm hungry, right. I want to eat. I think the hardship if you have young children is this kind of like ongoing snack fest all day long. So if you can put the structure in place, it's going to help you and it's going to help them. So it should be easy enough to just, they wake up, you still have breakfast all together. And I think just similarly, you have breakfast together, two to three hours later, you have your snack or your lunch together afternoon snack, dinner, and there are times that you sit down and eat. It's not just a free for all in the kitchen. Right. Okay. Now, um, one of the things like I started to think about even before this COVID situation really escalated, at least in our world here in the United States, was I was randomly eating popcorn. And then I thought, oh my God, I shouldn't be eating something with my hands. So what are your thoughts about kind of how the way the virus transmits, how it should affect our food preparation and eating things with our hands. Like, are you suggesting or thinking there should be some changes made there? 
I think all I can go by is like the recommendations we've been given from, you know, the CDC and all the other officials, which is washing your hands 20 seconds. I know we've all heard it over and over. Um, But I think it's all we know right now. It does make me, I keep thinking about like, oh, we can still do takeout. And then I'm like, oh, where have those people's hands been? Right. Wearing the food and giving it to the Uber Eats guy since they're waiving delivery fees. You know, it is kind of like, right. Um, But I think all we can do right now is what we know, which is like keep the distance and and wash our hands. I always make my toddler wash his hands anyways, because it's disgusting to cook with them. Aside from Yeah, because I'm just thinking in terms of like food preparation, like cooking, even just preparing like stuff for a salad, you're typically doing that with your hands. So it's really just a matter of all of what we know so far. Just make sure your hands are really clean and, you know, maybe refrain from doing things that involve eating with your hands. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. You don't realize things like popcorn and like fruit, different kinds. I had some orange slices this morning. I'm like, oh my God, I'm touching them with my fingers. You're so right. Yeah, I know. I think that doesn't hurt to take extra precautions, wash your hands before you're prepping your food, before you're eating it. And yeah, do a fun experiment where you eat popcorn with a spoon. Maybe you'll eat less because you can't pick up as much, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now I know that you, you have obviously your own private practice. What are some of the things, like how are things shifting for your clients right now in terms of things that you're hearing from them because of what's happening? Good question. So uh, it really depends on the person. Some of my clients were working from home already. So this really hasn't put that much of a wrench in their schedule. I think the biggest thing for people for my clients is no gym access. Ah. Um, So there is no gym to go to now, but there are so many online resources. So I'm just giving them tips around, you know what, you've got to schedule it just like you do when you go to the gym or it's not going to happen and still make it happen at home and try to put structure in your day as much as possible. Like I was saying with the mealtimes for your kids, same thing if you're an adult working from home. Um, But the, I think working from home, the hard thing, I was just talking to a client about this is you can get up, get your coffee and dive right into work. And it's two hours later and you haven't eaten and then you're hangry. So really trying to get that morning meal. in, like I said earlier, because having that protein in the morning is going to curb those cravings later and set your day up for success because it's going to start, it's going to put a structure into your day. Right. Yeah. I even found myself, I live in a small apartment in Boston that is literally one room. And I joke because my boyfriend lives up in Brookline. So occasionally if he happens to come over here, he walks in, he's like, I can't believe you live in one room. I love my one room apartment. I kind of joke around. There's like, the work area is the desk, the TV area is the chair area slash reading area, and obviously the bed is the bed and the kitchen is the kitchen, the bathroom, bathroom. So, but it's very nice. It's kind of like living on a boat. So, um, so last night I found myself finding it necessary, which I don't usually do, to pack up everything on my desk because otherwise it would be like six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and I'd still be going on because my usual schedule of going to teach a class yes. and naturally putting things away is no longer there. And so I just kind of have this engine where I can keep working and maybe eat, maybe not eat. So I said to myself at like seven o'clock, I said, I'm closing my computer, putting my date book away, my to-do list, all of it, packing away. Work is now done. So Mm -hmm. do you find that that, you know, kind of separation of things right now is really important for your clients, given that again, their schedule is now kind of sort of a whole bunch of quote free time, which might not really be free time. Yes. Yes, for sure. I think it depends on the person. So for, or some people I would say like work out in the morning and get it over with for some people, I think they need to work out in the evening because it signals like their work is done. I'm going to go work out now at six. And that puts a separation between their work day and then their evening. 
Yeah. And I had one client who was actually working from home before all this happened. She usually traveled a lot and then she started working from home and she was like, they don't pay me anymore to work past 6 PM. Great right. she works for someone. She doesn't have her own business and her employer might not like me saying this, but you know, she's like, they're not paying me more to work past 6 PM. So, you know, 6 PM I'm done. I'm going to the gym. Right. Done. Right. Yeah. Good. Right. Um, so I have one kind of wrap up thing to ask you. And I was just thinking of it as you were sharing all these tips, which, which are so helpful in terms of like organizing, how are you going to approach things? And, you know, just, you know, also adding in like the feeling based aspect of things. Do you approach things from the perspective of that is a good way and a helpful way to kind of address your nutrition um, in terms of just being organized and planful around how you, you know, kind of eat throughout the day. I guess what I'm comparing it to is what about people who feel like, oh, that's just not who I am. Like, it's just not the kind of person I am to, to do that. Like to be organized it, with, with meal huh? planning? To be like organized with meal planning? Yeah. Right? I'm just thinking like at an identity level, if they, if they feel like they've tried, especially now where so much is, you know, kind of in the unknown, if they've had a hard time kind of sticking to a routine, a schedule, that kind of thing, what are there other kind of ways they can approach it? Yeah. So this is why I love the healthy plate framework, because I use this, whether we're in a pandemic or not, I think one thing people need to let go of is the idea that every meal needs to be this like fancy put together home cooked thing. Yeah. Um, and instead do what I call my throw together meals. So I really encourage my clients, honestly, to just cook like two, maybe three, what I call real meals per week. So that'd be like a crock pot meal, a soup, you know, tacos, like something you're going to cook Sunday through Tuesday, uh -huh. and then they rotate the leftovers. So whatever they have for like dinner Sunday night, they have for lunch Monday, then they cook something else Monday night, have that for lunch Tuesday. That usually gets us to Wednesday. And then I'm like, use that healthy plate framework, half vegetables, quarter protein, quarter whole grains, and throw something together. And you'll see on my Instagram, a lot of my meals are like this. But it's like the other night, I got the chickpea banza based pasta, you know, which has protein and fiber. So it's my whole grain, but also my protein threw in spinach and mushrooms and had pesto and threw that over it, you know, and that was a quick, easy, what I call throw together meal. So I think just letting go of the idea that, that there has to be this meal plan and this routine and this structure and just using that framework to throw something together, which you're going to have to do now because you're going to have to pull stuff from your freezer and you might not have access to fresh produce all the time. Got it. Got it. Yeah, no, I like that. And I actually was going to ask you about some quick meals. I like what you said earlier about artichokes and frozen. And now you've also shared some other ideas and just kind of using that framework for, you know, the protein and the veggies is on the plate is, is really helpful for people to kind of frame how they're going to approach, you know, each meal. Yeah. I'm happy to give more suggestions if you want more. Well, <laughs> I definitely think I want people to hook up with your Instagram because Perfect. that, I think having the picture in front of it, uh, in front of them can be really, really helpful. Um, one other just side note, I actually, um, just picked up a copy of the blue zones cookbook. Are you familiar with this? So familiar. I love the yeah. And I really, the entire cookbook is plant-based yeah. because all of these blue zone locations are really kind of emphasizing just eating plants. Are some of your recipes kind of in that blue zone? And maybe you can just, maybe you can just yeah. give a little snippet for people about what blue zones are. Yeah. Yeah. I can explain it. So the blue zones are the five areas of the world where people live the longest. Um, and they, they mostly follow a Mediterranean diet. Um, so 
I won't say what the five places are, but it's like Greece, Italy, Japan. There's somewhere in California, yeah. Costa Rica. Maybe I will say what they are. <laughs> but basically, yeah. Yeah. it's mostly a Mediterranean diet. So it's mostly plant-based with seafood. So think about those salmon and tuna I mentioned earlier with those omega-3s. Um, yeah. They have low stress level, I argue, because all those areas are by the beach <laughs> and in warm climates. Right. Um, there's a social aspect to it. They eat a lot socially, um, which is interesting. Um, and then there's the red wine aspect as well, <laughs> which may be controversial, but it is pretty much a healthy plate. The framework I explained earlier is the, is like the Mediterranean diet and the blue zone diet. It's all very much similar and the same. Right. Right. And so the blue zone kind of approach to eating is really based in this, uh, us trying to learn from these places where people live like well past a hundred even, and kind of reverse engineer how we can eat early on in our life to potentially live long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing, um, I think it was an Anthony Bourdain show where just like you said, there was so much eating in a group. It was just part of the culture where you sat down with your family. That was still happening. I mean, this was probably a show from about three or four years ago, but that's not too long ago that there are still places in the world where people do that. Yeah. And I think that's like the tough part about this situation is how isolated everybody is. And especially for a lot of young working professionals who just live with themselves or roommates or like you're, you're by yourself. Right. So right. I think anything you can do to like, you know, I've seen like virtual happy hours and zoom calls with people. Yeah. Um, one of my clients, even she's over the age of 70, but she and her neighbors went into one of their backyards and they stayed six to 10 feet away from each other, but they all brought their coffee and just chatted. And I was, I just thought that was so you know, oh, yeah. wonderful that they had like social interaction. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, the creative things that are coming up, um, this is actually one of those times that social networking and a lot of the stuff that we kind of say, ick, it's now kind of a nice thing to have these different platforms that, you know, even Zoom, not necessarily social media, but a, a infrastructure, a technical infrastructure you can leverage to get in touch with people. So important. Um, I mean, even just talking to you here for the podcast is kind of nice. I know. You talk you're, not, to you're not a small child. It's nice to talk to another adult. <laughs> I talked a bit on the phone. It actually was funny. Never, ever, ever. We've been together 11 years. Never have we done FaceTime until this week. And I said That's so him, funny. I said, Ben, we have to start doing one FaceTime a night. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, I'll probably go see him this weekend, but keep my distance. Right. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, is there anything, um, anything kind of in summing things up, you know, kind of on a positive note that you, maybe when you talk to your clients and, you know, you're trying to kind of, you know, hear them where they're at, but also kind of keep a sense of, Hey, we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to get through this. Anything you can kind of share in that mode? Yes, for sure. I was going to give one more tip. I wrote down, I forgot to say this with the meal plan yeah. and then I'll do that. Um, Google what you have in your fridge and your pantry. That's like another tip I give people. For example, like if you have carrots and celery and rice and you don't know what to do with it, that sounds so silly, but just Google the ingredients you have and there are recipes for everything on the internet. Um, oh, I never would think to do that. Oh yeah, because like if you have a tofu and you're like, what do I do with this? But I also have broccoli, Google tofu broccoli and a jillion recipes will come up. Because I think that's one situation where people are in right now where they have all these things and they don't know what to do with them, all the foods. So... <laughs> It, sounds it almost sounds like that show that Guy Fieri does where he like has them go into the guy, guy's grocery games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the random ingredients and like, they have, yeah. Okay, I didn't think of so using that, that, 
the last tip I have, but it's, yeah, just to sum things up. I mean, it's funny because a lot of my clients, their goals are weight loss, obviously. And I'm telling them, they're all like losing more weight now than ever, which is you would think would be harder, but it's like, they're eating out so much less. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, just, I suppose I put today, like your mindset is everything. Like this is going to pass. So where are you going to be when we come out the other side? You know, like it's all your perspective and how you use your time. You know, you may or may not be making more money right now. You might be losing money, but you have your time back if you're not commuting to work anymore. So Right. What are you going to do with that time? And there's no wrong answers per se. Like you, maybe you need to sleep in. Guess what? Sleep interacts with your hunger hormones too. So be gracious towards yourself and let yourself sleep in. Maybe you can work out, use that time to cook healthy meals, you know, use your time to better yourself and get to get ahead on your habits while you're at home. And I think like, it's going to be interesting to look back, you know, this is time we have to call friends and you know, we always want more time. <laughs> now we have right. Right. No, it's very true. Um, I think that's a great way to kind of make people feel like they're a little more in control, which right now, a lot of people seem just the comments I'm seeing on social media to feel like they're out of control. How long is this going to last? So I think right. you're kind of saying, let's kind of flip that uh, uh, and reframe it a bit and say, hey, look, now we've got more time. How can we be in control and use that time to invest in ourselves. And, um, and that's a really nice way to make you feel a little less anxious, I think. Yeah, control what you can control. You can control, you know, your food and, and what you cook and it's perspective too. Like, you know, a lot of the world doesn't have access to all the food that we have all the time. So I just think about that too. And, you know, right. we'll be okay. Right, right. All right. Well, Lainey, this was so great. And again, thank you for doing it on short notice. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And um, like I said, listeners, we will hook you up to her specific Instagram handle in the show notes. And that'll be just such an important way, just a great, fun way, inspiring way for you guys to stay connected with her and to see some examples of, of some of this that she's talking about. So Lainey, stay well, stay well with your family. And thank you so much again. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Karen. All right, bye. bye.